So Astros did not win. I noticed. Motherfuckers. Thank God. And Braves continue to choke. Yep. I noticed that as well. <laughs> um, fucking. <laughs> I think Matt and I helped out because um, we bet five bucks on the Astros to win. <laughs> so we re- we reverse jinxed it to where they, <laughs> you know. I like put it. money on him. They lost. I like so. it. I like it. So everyone is welcome for that. Yeah, appreciate that. Well, hello and welcome to Bromancing the Stone. It's the podcast for myself, Renee Sanchez, and my good buddy, Max Lyon. What up? Watch Rob Cobbs and then record our thoughts and post it on the internet for the tens and tens of listeners listening pleasure. And Max, how are you doing this fine, gloomy Sunday in Chicago? Well, I am officially halfway through my required quarantine. Oh, yeah. Because re- you left the state. Because I left the state and we are surrounded by states that are now on the COVID watch list. Yeah, I uh, I saw a map on Twitter of like COVID outbreaks, dude, and like the West is like spread out, and like there's like it was red was like the where COVID outbreaks are, and then white was like just the country, mm-hmm. and there's a lot a lot of white on the uh, West side, pun intended there, <laughs> uh, and then um, but then when it got to this area, I just noticed that there's this tiny sliver of white right around Lake Michigan. Oh, geez. Uh, kind of on the, you know, Southeast side <laughs> or Southwest side, excuse me, of the lake. Um, you know, just about the size of maybe a, a large metropolitan area. Yep. Yep. Uh, and then everything else around it was red. <laughs> oh yeah. I was just like, Oh fuck. Like, I feel like, I feel like I'm stuck in like a zombie apocalypse game. Yeah, it seriously, that's kind of what it feels like cuz like Chicago started this whole damn thing as a hot spot and now to see like the surrounding states surpassing us like for months. And like And like Mayor Lightfoot's going to have to get back on the whole like creating memes and everything to get people back locked in because like Yeah. About, well, cuz the second I mean, well, quote unquote second wave or how many fucking waves we're up to now, nah, second nah, nah, tsunami. Nah, nah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, it's the second wave for European countries. For the United States, it's an uptick. The, there um, are no waves. It's just one giant ocean that's just overwhelming. I feel us. like I feel like you're playing the Price is Right yodeler game, and the yodeling <laughs> and the yodeling keeps going up, and I keep expecting the edge of the cliff to come in, and it what and it just won't, and I just hear the yodeling. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we were asked for like the price of a Snickers candy bar and we bet a thousand dollars and the yodeler just keeps going and it's just like I feel like we're over the twenty five dollar limit you gave me, Bob. And Bob's just like, nah, the yodeler keeps going, man. Oh god, yeah. This, That's my this... analogy for the COVID outbreaks here. <laughs> that could be the analogy for this whole fucking year, man. Oh man, yeah, it's just when <laughs> shit keeps getting worse. I mean mm. It almost feels like a guarantee that things are going to get worse. Or at least, like, just, I, I'm not setting any expectations. Like, tomorrow is what tomorrow is, and that's it. Like, I'm not, I'm just not even, ugh, I, I can't. I, you can't fucking plan ahead anything. Speaking of guarantees, we watched the movie Love Guaranteed <laughs> this week. Uh, before Max jumped in, I was like, oh, damn it. Max didn't quite catch that. And he started talking about other things. Let me just turn it back and get that before we go. Further. It still worked, I think. Uh, I think so too. Um, yeah, we. This is a movie on Netflix that was released September third of this year. So, oh, that recently. Year, speaking of this year as well, yeah. So this is a month old movie, or in this case, uh, a month and a half, um, and. 
I saw this movie initially um, after I finished Ghost of Girlfriends Pass for last week's episode, which was on Netflix. I noticed this movie. And this is also a movie that my sister Monica had pointed out to me. Uh, she had seen the trailer on Netflix and she was like, oh, David Wayne Jr. is in another movie. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of love for David Wayne Jr. amongst my sister and myself. And I'm sure <laughs> you share that sentiment as well. So I do. He's solid. He's yeah. Solid. So we're, uh, so my sister and I were like definitely keeping an eye on it sort of thing. And then my sister actually watched it and she liked it a lot. So that I, I was like, Oh yeah, that's that movie she talked about. Let me go ahead and watch this too. And so I watched it, uh, after I watched ghost of girlfriend's pass and I enjoyed it. And I figured we hadn't watched a Netflix movie since set it up back in the summer. Mm -hmm. So I might as well, you know, dip our toe back into the Netflix pool again because they have a ton of rom coms that they've made over the last few years. So yeah, yeah, exactly. like original rom coms, not just like getting rom coms onto their streaming platform to watch to rewatch as well, but they've made their own. So you know, and they've made a lot of them. So yeah, um, and, you know, and I've mentioned the the to all the boys I've loved before uh, movies that. You know, I feel like we could wait till Valentine's Day or around there to do those, but yeah, but nonetheless, um, yeah. So, had you heard of this movie at all before I mentioned it, or nope, nope, I hadn't heard of it, hadn't seen anything about it, nothing, so it was completely new to me. Gotcha, all right, well, which I dig, I like this. Yeah, starting to yeah, get into I... some movies here that you know we've we've only seen once or haven't seen at all, and it's good. It's good. Yeah. And, you know, it's good to switch it up. I mean, there's still some big names that we haven't seen yet as well, uh, as far as rom-coms are concerned. Yeah. That we're either waiting for certain times of the year or it just hasn't been chosen. Um, so, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to, you know, vary our choices, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think we got a lot of the big anchor ones out of the way, the the monumental ones and then the ones that we're saving, like you said, or we'll space those out. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, love guaranteed is a 2020 American romantic comedy film directed by Mark Steven Johnson. And it's written by Elizabeth Hackett and Hillary Gallinoy. Okay. Gal- Gal- yeah. Okay. I think that's a G A L I N O Y. Yeah. Gallinoy. Um, and it stars Rachel Lee Cook and Damon Wayne Jr. It was released on Netflix on September 3rd, 2020. Um, and Rachel Lee Cook is also a producer on the film. Hmm. So. Okay. Yeah. Um, the movie, uh, it's 90 minutes. <laughs> just, <laughs> you don't need to guess. It's, yeah. It's, a, it's, it's exactly 90 minutes. They knew exactly what they were doing with this yep. thing. Um. It's been reviewed on Rotten Tomatoes, so hmm. um, out of, let me pull that up here. So out of 25 reviews, Max, what is the Rotten Tomatoes score for this film? God, I don't th- have we done a movie with only 25 yet? I guess actually 25 is kind of a lot for a brand new movie, isn't it? Yeah, movie that's six weeks old. Jeez. Um, I'm going to say 47%. Not too bad. 56% on Rotten Tomatoes Mm. for this film from the critics. Uh, So the uh, I'll give some reviews here. So uh, from RogerDeber.com, Christy Lemire wrote, it is sufficiently harmless and blandly cozy, like a Hallmark Channel movie that somehow broke loose and found its way to Netflix. She gave it 1.5 out of 4 stars there. Uh, okay. Another bad review, which was 0.5 out of 4 stars, from Barry Hertz at Globe and Mail. Before anyone pulls out the guilty pleasure card, no. There is zero pleasure here, no matter how low your bar is currently set. Only pain, <laughs> so much pain. <laughs> Jesus. 
I, I, uh, I just want to send my condolences to Barry for whatever is happening in his life. God damn. Yeah. Like what, dude, what are you going through, man? Like, do you need to I talk? Know. Like, I don't know. reach out to us. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, from, and then a couple of good ones, Lisa Kennedy from Variety, uh, she wrote, if likability is a trait you value, love guaranteed delivers the undemanding pleasure of watching two fundamentally decent people tumble into fondness and then love. And then Scott Menzel of We Live Entertainment. We live or we live? I don't know. Um, but uh, on October 2nd, gave it a 7 out of 10, writing, Love Guaranteed is the kind of film that knows exactly what it is. The film doesn't try to reinvent the wheel. It takes a typical romantic comedy plot and makes it work thanks to the two leads and a clever script. Hmm. So, Max, let's start here. As like, obviously, it's a you know fifty six percent, couple bad reviews, couple good reviews on the Rotten Tomatoes. Like, there's a it's a it's a bit of it's a pretty even split here. Yeah. Where what side of the split would you say you're on? I, I honestly got to say I'm kind of right in the middle with everyone else. <laughs> um, I, I I thought it was cute. I thought it was a a, a cute storyline, and they had a good little romance to to tell the story of. Um, I thought the two lead actors worked great, and mm-hmm. um, the only thing that didn't quite do it for me was it was. It was a little hallmarky, I felt like. And in fact, I thought of that while I was watching. Yeah, I was like, this is very hallmark channel. Extremely hallmark channel. I agree. Um, which I've never personally been interested in. So I, but I also don't know where I draw the that fine line between like a cheesy rom com and like a hallmark rom com. But for some reason, it had that quality. I don't know what what it was. Mm-hmm. I gotcha. Yeah, I. Um, I mean, since I was able to control what reviews we read, I saved that last one for last because that's the one I agreed with the most out of this. Uh, I just, it is a very hallmarky vibe. I agree with you on that. But I also just think that, you know, it kind of knows that it's not trying to reinvent the wheel. It's trying to give you 90 minutes of fun. Right. You know, sort of thing. And it's just like, hey. <laughs> Yeah, you know, here here's a blanket and here's a pint of Ben and Jerry's and here's here's a movie to watch. Like let's let's yeah. spend ninety minutes together, guys. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's not trying to be anything special, but it also doesn't have anything glaringly horrible about it. It's just it, yeah. it is what it is. It's just a nice middle of the road, just you know, here's a new fresh rom com. We haven't seen a new rom com in a while. Here you go. Yeah. And you know, and then that just kind of goes into what you want out of your rom-com. And so for me, there's, it's a, it's a, I'm kind of, I don't know. That's a little odd because I, I search for depth within characters. Like I, I want more depth and attention and effort put into character backstories. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm also fond of just when they're just like hey we're just gonna have two likable people hang out for 90 minutes here you go just watch it right you know what i mean it's and there's been a lot of movies where it's just like don't like does the plot get in the way of the film like i don't want the plot to get in the way of like the performances but I also want there to be a plot. Right. <laughs> so it's right. like a thin line where it's just like, you know, just build the stage for them to stand upon. Exactly. Yeah. Give them a good, stage. there's gotta yeah. be a good story to tell. Yeah. Um, um, like there's gotta be a reason we're learning about this, the, the origin of this couple. Like I go into, I'm starting to like go into, rom-coms now almost like i'm going into a marvel movie where it's like all right what's this origin story i'm learning now like yeah like why is this one unique and why are you telling me this story what are the motivations of the characters right absolutely and and with this one i felt like 
they did a really good job of describing the motivations behind the love or you know the fear of love that these two characters had they did very succinctly Uh, too like they they did they told us just enough to understand the basic bare minimum of these characters these characters are not magically hugely deep characters but they don't they don't really need to be it's kind of in proportion to the rest of the plot where it's like well it's not a super complex developed plot either so it's okay let's just keep it simple and surface level and enjoy the movie yeah and that was something that was interesting on the first watch for me is that i kept i kind of kept my guard up slightly because i was enjoying the movie but the whole time you know, they have to learn about Nick's backstory and like do research on him and his dates in order to mm-hmm. you know, win this case. So you kind of you're kind of pre- like predisposed to believe that there's going to be a nefarious like something. Right. That's going to like harm his character that he has to like overcome with a speech in order to get the girl. You know, that's of course, of course. kind of the old rom-com way. Yeah. Where, you know. Um, the mean, knight, was, the knight in shining armor that charges to a, the rescue of his, you know, not necessarily more like, you know, the, you know, kind of like a, a rom-com where, uh, there's an ex who comes back and kisses the guy. And then the girl that, that he's been vibing with throughout the movie sees the kiss and then runs away. And then he has to run after her and like, and then give the big old speech about, I didn't kiss her back. I'm sorry. You know? that I put myself in a position where I could be kissed by my ex. So that's probably my fault to begin with. But hey, I'm giving a speech and probably in some crowded area. Please forgive me. Like, that's how we know rom-coms to be. Yeah. And so I've kind of expected, like, how's he going to fuck this up as a person in order to <laughs> I was thinking that too. It? Yeah, in order to overcome it and get the girl. And that was the thing that was the most interesting to me about this film was like the lack of stakes in this yeah. film. Like, there's the there's the, a court case they gotta win. But as far as like emotional stakes, other than that court case, there is nothing holding these two back from just getting together and boating. Yeah. <laughs> like, going to boat town, you know? And so it's just like I and then they had to like add the children's wig of the physical therapy thing oh to kind of increase yeah. the stakes, and it's just like. But then at the same time, it kind of makes Nick a little a little too saintly. And it does. Just like, it does. He's it, so unrealistic it, at that point. Yeah, and you're just like as you're, you're kind of riding the wave. Like I, I'm just here for a good time. I, I I'm not. I'm not gonna. Whatever. <laughs> just, yeah. It's like, like it's like if you went to like a Mexican like taqueria, like I'm going to at like two in the morning, one of those like twenty four hour joints. Yep. Just like, like I want three tacos. Oh. And you're probably drunk and drunk or high or both. And you're just like, I want like three tacos, rice, beans, and a horchata. And then they come and oh, like yeah. and like you ask for like a certain meat in the tacos. Like, I want carne asada in this one, and I want chicken, and I want, like, carnitas in this one. And then they come back, and all three of them were just carnitas, and it's just like, I'm not not fucking walking back to the the desk to, like, try to get my, like, carne asada and chicken. I'm just going to house these fucking tacos because they're going to be good anyway. You got to stop. I'm getting so fucking hungry. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's how I felt, like, this this movie was, where it's just like... they kind of got my order wrong, but I don't care. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's, it's Taco Bell. It's yeah, it's late night Taco Bell is what it is. Oh yeah, it's... one of the items is missing. One of the <laughs> items is wrong. It's and... like it's late night Taco Bell in Wrigleyville. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> one of the items is missing. One of the items is wrong, and my soda they filled up with ice three fourths of the way, and then put soda. Uh, I got yelled I at got... while placing my order. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and then. They asked for my name instead of like just giving me a number. And then when I look at the receipt, they spelled my name with five different letters that shouldn't be in there. And then they but, called uh, the number. And then they called the number anyway. <laughs> uh, it's uh, just, just, like, 
Yes, <laughs> this this movie is late night Taco Bell. That's exactly what it is. It's like you know what you're getting yourself into. You already signed up for it. You've already agreed to the terms and conditions. Mm-hmm. Let's just let's not expect anything more. Let's just enjoy for what it is, <laughs> and that's <Sure>. it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I agree. I, uh, you know, but at the same time, there was still enough. Like as as we talk about, there's still enough there that keeps that would keep bringing you back. So, for instance, I like how the they were set up. Like they were set up in a very plausible way, where she did the, work. The pro random me cute, yeah. Well, not even random me cute. He you find out how he found out about her. Oh, Jerome, yeah, yeah. AKA our Cupid, like. She does pro bono work for Jerome, helps him win a case, and then he's getting physical therapy with Nick, realizes Nick's a good egg, knows Susan's a good egg, and as he says, you know, two good eggs make an omelet. Can we a just sex omelet. Can we <laughs> sex omelet? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, that was hilarious and terrifying at the same time. The imagery associated with that. And how closely it actually is, because <laughs> like yeah, sperm oh and god, egg. oh god, yeah. okay, oh Jesus, all right, yes. yeah, you're okay. Now the image is just polluted. <laughs> Ugh. Anyway, <laughs> what were you gonna say? I'm still stuck on food sex. I, so <laughs> <laughs> my brain is just stuck. It's. Okay, what was I going to say? <laughs> Jesus. Uh, I don't know. Uh, it's not that important. All right. <laughs> but, um, so, and I like how Nick's best friend of the movie seems is Jerome. Like, he's, Jerome's the one he goes and gets a beer with. And uh, yeah. <laughs> and and like, supervising his phone calls. Yeah, he's like he's Jerome's the one he's talking to about everything, and it's just like, where are your other friends, Nick? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, like we maybe you should delve into that after hey, this you know court case. Where, where those friends are? They're in the extra budget this film didn't get. <laughs> That's where the fuck they are. <laughs> they were gonna cast more people. They already spent enough. <laughs> and also that's kind of a sad commentary on friendships uh, adult friendships <laughs> as well oh it I mean, totally is yeah let's yeah. be real here like real, his real. friends like, moved across the country and settled down i mean that's where his friends are yeah susan's people in her life are the two employees she's hired her sister who lives right next to her and her brother-in-law who owns the building that the two sisters live next to each other not just lives next to her sister. She lives, she rents from her brother-in-law. Yes. Like she essentially lives in her brother-in-law and sister's house. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, this I, is, this is millennials, single millennials to a fucking T. Yes. This is thousand percent. Yes. This is what the world has uh, done to us. God damn it. Yeah, uh, and also that area that she lived in, like the like North Seattle, I feel like my buddy Rick. Shout out to Rick, uh, Rick Crawford. He uh, he went to grad school at UW, and I remember you still talk to him. <laughs> he is. I guess where he spent his undergrad. Oregon State. Oh motherfucker! Why do you talk to this person? <laughs> And he and I went to McNary High School. He went to McKay High School. And but we're friends. <laughs> um, yeah, you do not get my, a shout out from me, Rick. <laughs> uh, yeah, he and I were both student body presidents of our high schools as well. So, was, okay, kinda, yeah, we're kind of connected that way. But anyway, um, he uh, he went to grad school at UW, and one time I, but he was still a Portland Timbers fan. And as we've talked about many times on this podcast, fuck the Seattle Sounders forever. Um, So that's how, that's another level you bonded on. Yes. Uh, And so 
uh, Portland and Seattle played in the playoffs back in 2013 or 14. And the first game was in Seattle. And I got a ticket for like $24. Jesus. In the Portland Timbers section. That's so um, cheap. I know. That's, that's, that's soccer in the United States. But also, um, it, it, but also it was up in like the 300 level of a football stadium. Oh, uh, wow. Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, nonetheless, uh, he also got a ticket to be in the Timbers Army. And so like I went and up to that area of Seattle because that's where he lived and I got to spend the night and like we you know drank beers and watched the Timbers win 2-1 which was fantastic um, but I just remember driving around that area at all the little like uh, roundabouts like she kind of does a she goes around a roundabout and then parks in front of her house and I was just like I legit feel like that scene would may have been a block to like a two blocks away from where he actually lived <laughs> like, I was only there once and I was only there for like a day and a half but I legit feel like he was that <laughs> they were about like two blocks from where he actually lived it and it was probably like oh my gosh they, like, oh my, yeah. they looked like they filmed a lot of this movie in the actual Seattle area so that oh, was really cool a million percent yes that, uh, that the, was really cool to see that was my personal highlight it was like something, oh god it's beautiful <laughs> Yeah, something I put down in, a, in the live tweet I did this morning, uh, which, you know, y'all can see on our Twitter account, Bro the Stone Pod, uh, at Bro the Stone Pod. Um, I, I mentioned how Seattle is an underrated rom-com city. Yeah. It, it is. It, it's an underrated rom-com city because, like, you know, rainy and cloudy and yada, yada, blah, blah. But yeah, but you can work with that. A ton of natural beauty. Yeah. And like that you can play with and like in this film, they did a fantastic job of showcasing that natural beauty and like the, you know, the architecture of, of you know, mm-hmm. of everything. Like you got a little bit of like the tech architecture for Love Guaranteed's office building. You got yeah you know, that lavish house that Nick's ex-fiance lived in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Got all the trees and. You know, the waterfront and all that sort of shit. It was it was all beautiful. The the um uh what the hell is a Ferris wheel? <laughs> the Ferris wheel that I didn't even know existed in Seattle until like several years ago. I feel like <laughs> that thing was built after we moved away. <clears throat> I don't know. I think it was there. Was it? I just I mean, I just never went to I've only been to Seattle like two or three times. Like Okay. And only for like, you know, literally a day to like like twenty four to forty eight hours. Gotcha, gotcha. So, like I've been up there for a, a Seahawk game, which literally we drove back down the same day. We literally went up and down from Salem. Jesus, that was a long day. Yeah, um, I was up there for a bachelor party, and that was literally we drove up on a Saturday and drove back that the next day. So we're literally up there just for a night. And then same thing with that Timbers game. I drove up the day of the game because it was a night game and then drove back the next day. So. Mm. Yeah. So like literally, I have not spent more than 24 hours in that city at any one point. (laughs) Well, that makes sense. Yeah. So uh, I, yeah, I haven't, you know. I, you you spent more time there because you visited Sean and, and right like right yeah and it's it's I mean you're right it's a very underrated rom com city I mean even with mm-hmm. the rain you could use the rain for you know setting the mood you know yep. for but for this big dramatic scene as a climax kind of thing mm-hmm. you know where he's in the rain and he's giving his speech whatever like mm-hmm. you're right it's very underrated. Well, speaking of the rain and speaking of the Ferris wheel, there's this one little shot, like it's just a transition shot onto the next scene between scenes. The reflection uh, in the puddle? Yes. Dude, I, that's exactly the scene I keep picturing when I mention the Ferris wheel. Yeah, that shot, it was just, it was obviously one of those things where it's just like the they're getting just establishing B-roll shots just for transitions. And they're just like, eh, let's let's fuck around and try some things. And they probably just like, check that out and they're just like let's just try this one out and then they're probably just like oh that's cool we're definitely putting this in the movie 
Yeah, like, I don't know how, I don't know I'm where, I don't know what, but we're putting this in the movie. And it's just literally like, uh, boom, like they just popped it in. Uh, like, I think they popped it in after the the date that, you know, the the one that Nick didn't see coming. Yeah, uh, I think you're right. I think that is when it happened. Yeah. So how expensive, like they talk about how expensive the dates are. Oh, speaking of expensive, did we cover budget? There is no budget. Netflix doesn't release budgets. Oh, that's right. Damn it. Yeah. I would have liked to know that for this one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, that's always the 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 thing that people wonder about because Netflix, before they really popped off, was getting these big names. Like, before everyone, you know, publicly admitted to Kevin Spacey being a predator, uh, when they got <laughs> Kevin Spacey for House of Cards... Everyone was just like, how did they get Kevin Spacey? Like he he's a quote unquote serious actor, successful actor. And they got him to star in this TV show on his platform that people have to pay for. Like, what? And then now it's just like when people do Netflix, they're just like, oh, Netflix backed the Brinks truck up, but no one knows how much. <laughs> like Jesus. I mean, Adam Sandler continues to make movies for just netflix because they pay him that much i mean he's he's made dude i know i started i started watching his new one on there randomly just don't it was dude chris and i started chris puts it on and (laughs) and we're watching it and we're stoned and it's still not entertaining (laughs) like we're both sitting there going I, i was sitting there finally like 20 minutes in going Okay, dude, what the fuck is happening? What is this? What are we watching? Is this a kids I, movie? And he was like, I, "Dude, I'm I'm so confused. I don't know what's happening. This is fucking weird. This is a dumb movie." I never know. Like, I tried watching the one with him and Jennifer Aniston with my sister Monica when I oh, like God. last week. Uh, uh, that shit, nah, nah, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> we the, got like the last. Two. Adam Sandler movie I remember even remotely liking I think was like anger management or something. For me it was Click and I and oh barely, Click wasn't bad. Yeah. Barely liking is is the way to go. I look ha, he peaked at Happy Gilmore and I'm okay with that. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. You got Mr. Deeds in there, you got Yeah. Wedding singer. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> which is yeah which next wedding season we should probably we should know, we that. should we yeah. should yeah <laughs> wedding season 2.0 the podcast will still be around yeah why the For fuck the not we're still For probably gonna be in quarantine we still we'll still be in quarantine yes um <laughs> well i think it, it says something about this movie for how long of a tangent we've gone on i mean yeah you know well, I, we've, well, I mean, we're talking, it's not necessarily a, I, I feel like the tangent is still related to the movie, so it's not that far gone. No. And it's like, there's been tangents where we went completely unrelated from the movie. Oh, yeah, that was, that was our shit list. That was the shit list movie yeah. where we were just like, all right, let's just be real. We hate this movie. All right. What else do you want to talk about? <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Um, so, <laughs> so it's not at that level. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, as I, as I started this whole thing, how much money did Nick make off of professional baseball? That's a good question. Because they say that the $100,000 they, they offered as a settlement wouldn't cover Nick's expenses for the dates. Like that's what Susan says to the, the lawyers that love guaranteed. So we're thinking over the thousand dates, he probably dropped two hundred grand in in like. Well, if you're yeah, if he's going to nice restaurants and like nice places. You would think like the breakfast, lunch, and dinner, like if you exponentially increase the the totals of stuff. They say like 50, 100, 200. So that's like $350 a day. 
And well, then, you could just you could just go by dates, like average it out. He goes on a thousand dates. How much are you thinking he pays per date? Well, three. Yeah, I'm saying like three fifty divided by three. So now you're looking at like one. Uh, no, I, I'd say your logic is sound. I'd say two hundred a date is like for living in a metropolis. If you're going to nice restaurants, you're paying for both meals every time. Mm-hmm. I think two hundred a date. Well, that might be a little high, but I think that's a good conservative guess. Yeah, I feel like that's that's just lawyer talk. There's no way he spent like over a hundred grand in, in dates. Like, there's just no way. No, no. Because. Well, but I, mean, I think I guess, she's she's guess, also isn't she also counting like legal fees and I mean, everything in that? Wait, a hundred a hundred buck her a hundred bucks a date times a thousand would be a hundred thousand. So I guess yeah, I mean, we're talking a hundred bucks a date on average. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and the plus you know the cost of getting to everywhere, like if you're Ubering, if you're yeah, you know, absolutely LA, transit yeah, that, and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. He mentions he got an injury, went to physical therapy. That's how he was, in, you know, inspired to become a physical therapist and everything. Did he else say? Like did he say he was a major leaguer? <clears throat> he said he played baseball, and that he tore his ACL. But he didn't say what level. Okay. Mm-hmm. Once again, don't need too much backstory. Just enough, right? right. Even just enough. <laughs> like they're just like here's here's what you. Here's what you need, you know? Um, so that's why I'm thinking he was a high draft pick at a high school. And he was a bonus baby. I can and see then that. in the minor leagues, he tore his ACL. I can see that. But he already got the bonus. So my guess is he was like one of those Scott Boris type bonus babies where he got like a maybe a $3 million, $4 million signing bonus. And yeah. now he's off of that and his physical therapy stuff. Yeah. And he's got the money to kind of throw around and take and down he lives, And he lives in Seattle. So who would have been the team to draft him high, probably in the top five, only for him to get an injury and flame out of baseball entirely, hmm. but also pay him a ton of money? Hmm. I wonder if there's a professional baseball team that's historically inept in the city of Seattle. <laughs> Historically inept. Aww. <laughs> Shout out to the Birdies. I'll love you forever. I don't care. <laughs> um, <laughs> there it is. That's a true fucking fan right there. I don't give a fuck. It's 19 years of counting for the playoff drought in a year where they had eight goddamn playoff teams. And not to mention a, a record-setting win season. Yeah. Well, uh, that was the last playoff season, too. Was... Yep. <laughs> I know. All right. So. What, what year I, was that as well? Let's just for the record. 2001. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh. And then they lost to the to the Yankees because you know nine eleven. I think didn't they get swept that series too? No, they lost in five. Oh, okay. Uh, lost yeah. in five, and then and so everyone assumed that the Yankees were going to win it all because of nine yeah. eleven. And then the Yankees lost in seven to Arizona Diamondbacks. <laughs> once well. and for all, <laughs> once and for all, proving that. Arizona, things go to die in Arizona. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so fucking true. God. (laughs) As someone who has actually lived in that state. Yes, that's so true. Yeah. Also, one thing uh, as well at Coral, at that restaurant for dinner, he has to be tipping that waitress big. If the waitress is standing around watching him have dates, right? And she's not passing judgment on him, but rather passing judgment on the dates. Yeah, I'm like, thinking. I'm has, thinking two hundred grand. Tip, like tipping big on all that. I'm thinking two hundred grand is a lot, a lot more understandable here if that's what he spent yeah. on dates. 
Yeah, I'm thinking he spent that much. And like, how much do physical therapists make? Oh, quite a bit. Physical therapy really? is is expensive. Yes, oh, like wow. physical therapy appointments on average are like they're like expensive uh, psychotherapy appointments. They're like two hundred okay. bucks. Gotcha. An appointment. That makes sense. Because you know, physical health is so much more important than any sort of mental health. But hundred. Thousand percent, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you must be able bodied to uh, Yeah, it's it's okay if I can drive a vehicle, but if I'm not sound mind, it doesn't matter. There's there's too many horrible jokes going through my head. I know, there's so many. We gotta we gotta uh, move on. We gotta yeah. move on. I also uh I hate the intermittent fasting dude in the movie. I hate him. Yeah, like, he was kind of unnecessarily annoying. It was, I thought it was a good joke. I thought like like intermittent fasting, I've heard of it, and I feel like they lampooned it exactly the right amount. And and like did a good job with that joke because I hated him. <laughs> I was just <laughs> like, you suck. You're the worst. Get the fuck out of here. Like just the, like the sleeping and then like the drunk part and it's just like god he's that is exactly yeah. what that douche would do yeah the uh, napping the, the spontaneous napping was super annoying <laughs> um let's talk about the uh the two employees of susan real quick at the um at, at, the, oh, at, the, at the law firm roberto and denise um i loved roberto and denise um, my favorite part of their entire interaction was when um, Susan asked them to light the candle that they light during Seahawks games, and they lit the oh, candle, yeah. and then they both go, Seahawks. I and knew you would like, love that part. I was like, yes, my people, they <laughs> get me. <laughs> like, uh. I, I feel seen. <laughs> 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 it was, and also um when Robert, when they're doing all nighters of that little montage and roberto's asleep in his chair and denise throws that highlighter at him and hits him in the fucking ear uh, <laughs> she like hit him like yeah shit like a goddamn third base softball player his expressions in that scene are fucking yeah. hilarious I the, like that's what I knew that I was in love with Denise and I thought she was super attractive and she could throw a highlighter a hundred miles an hour and she had glasses and I knew I was smitten was that she's the one for me. I so. gotta, I gotta kind of agree with you. She was, she was like the dark horse, like attractive person in the movie. Oh yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Because I mean, there there were like you either have the pregnant sister who's married, and when someone's married, you immediately like I don't yeah, know. Yeah, they're, they're they're off limits. Married is just like I don't see them as a possible sexual being anymore. Right, right <laughs> like, exactly. Just who I am and how I'm wired. Um, and originally, Cook was obviously with betrothed to Nick in this movie. Like you knew what was going to happen there, so you didn't really view her beyond. Did you, know. you did you put yourself in the after ever after? I have. What happens <laughs> after after is that uh, I I I bump into Denise. We have a meet cute. You know, we our meet cute happens at you know a brew pub in Seattle. Okay. Uh, she okay. you know she happens to be there in her Russell Wilson jersey. I happen to be there with my Ooh. Seahawks hat during a Seahawks game. Ooh. We bump into each other. I noticed that she yells about how the illegal contact rule is abnormally in favor of the offense and kind of a, you know, a bailout call that referees use when they don't want to call pass interference to give a bunch of yards, but they want to give a first down to an offense and reward them for the possible infractions that a defense makes. And I realize <laughs> I'm so that's what happens after after. <laughs> I was wondering how long you were going to go with this. <laughs> the illegal contact rule in the NFL is way too overpowered. You can't give an automatic first down. Just five yards and repeat the down. Fuck off with the fucking automatic first down. You you for a bailout call. 
you forgot the part in this in this scene where she would inevitably be approached by some loudmouth Patriots fan who is saying that the call should stand, and she hucks a coaster at him. Yes, this happened week two of this year, and so someone, yeah, and so she hucks a coaster at him, drawing blood, and I fall in love even more. That's how you know you found the That's one. How you know. That's when, how you know when when yeah yeah when, when she, you know you know. When she uses general bar items to create weaponry, that's how you know. <laughs> that's how you know. That's how you know, guys. <laughs> that's the fucking dream. Yeah. Uh, and then, My uh, only question, though. Well, yes. go ahead. Go ahead. Shout out. Shout out. Oh, I was going to move on. So what's your question? My only question is, what if you find out on date number three that she's a Sounders fan? That's why I wait until like I purposely don't bring up MLS soccer until we've gotten too far into the relationship. <laughs> because if, that could be a That's deal smart. breaker. That's early. smart. That's very That's smart. Deep enough in when you're right at the point of like exclusivity and then you find that out, you're like, ah, oh, but we've got like I love her too much already. Right. Like, this, this is a real thing. So I'm gonna just have to like when when you know the games are happening, she cannot be in the house. <laughs> One of us must leave. Yeah, That's it's newsflash. It's gonna be you. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Whichever team won the last match. Oh, that's fair. No, that's a fair yeah. trade off. Let's go find a bar to watch. I like game. that. That's a good trade off. I'm gonna I'm gonna use that if I ever settle down with someone who's. If you settle down with a Dodger fan. No, that's not happening. <laughs> no. God, no. I would have to... I, I would feel unclean as a person. <laughs> <laughs> Forever unclean. Uh, anyway, I was going to say shout out to Oliver, the kid uh, that the sister and Gideon... Melanie is the sister's name. Melanie and Gideon have for reminding me how happy I am to not have a kid. Oh my god, such amazing birth control. Yes. Which absolutely. is exactly what they're both thinking as they're watching him. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. And then they see a picture of the second baby, Amelia. Uh, and then that becomes uh, almost an aphrodisiac <laughs> to. You know, because of the whole, bit, oh, yeah. look at what we could create if we banged, you know. Yeah, but, <laughs> but then what does that evil creation turn into eventually? Well, if it's, yeah, you know, yeah. That, I mean, that's how I always think. <laughs> <laughs> this motherfucker's got to grow up. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's not staying in this form forever, all right? It's not staying <laughs> young and innocent. <laughs> Um, I mean, we've done what happens after every hour, so let's move into the kiss of the movie, which I think controversially is not either of the kisses around the courtroom. Mm, okay, remind me again. There's the one in the courtroom, and then the one outside of the courtroom right before the credits play. Oh, right, and, right, right. And I don't think it's either of those. Was there another kiss? Technically, yes. When he kisses her forehead at the end of that day. That was the kiss scene, wasn't it? I think it's the kiss scene myself. I And you know what? It's an A plus for me. I want that scene injected into my veins and I'm like, <laughs> happiness. Oh, I got, like, first off, they did the handshake, which is a nice little callback to the end of the dates that mm-hmm, he had. Mm-hmm. And everything else like that. This is after they've already, like, you know, realize that they were kind of building up to wanting to like make out or something. And then they're just like, we need to go. I need to go. We need to keep this professional sort of thing. They do the handshake. Then they're just, I mean, we can hug. We can hug. And watching them hug was some of the hottest shit I've seen on just a regular Dude, seriously. At first, I don't, 
I want to say it's not because of quarantine. It is a little because of quarantine. I, but I want to say it's not because of quarantine, but because of their performance in that hug. But just like the height disparity kind of added to it. So like she could just like be nug- like just nuzzled yeah, on her. Yeah. And the way that he just like held her oh and just my like God. back. And it was just like, I like you could feel that hug. Absolutely. It was just like, so, oh. so passionate. Yeah, and like, and so it's just like, you have to like sh- share that passion with that person and let them know that this moment really is something. Mm-hmm. And, but at the same time, trying to keep it professional, the limited stakes we have here is that there's a court case so we can't go all the way here. And so he showcases it through a fantastic kiss on her forehead. And she lets out the slightest audible sigh as he's kissing her forehead. It's just like, ah, yes, that is the stuff. That is the fucking stuff we watch these movies for. He comes back to kiss her too. Like he's, he pulls away a little bit and then leans back in and you're like, Oh, he's going to kiss her. Nope. Just a professional kiss on the forehead, but like a lingering one. Yes. And and, and that, then, her, dude, that fucking the door and the smile, smile on her face afterwards is just yeah. like, oh, it's, it's perfection. It yeah. is perfection. It is so good. They really did a good job of encapsulating that, like, initial, that um, overwhelming flitter in your stomach from all those initial feelings and that hug. Seriously, that just was like so perfect it was they perfectly acted out that hug so that you knew like oh this is a moment they are in this moment and when you like oh man when you're in that type of hug mm-hmm. and like you feel the other person like do ever so slight little adjustment that like you said creeps deeper into that nook and like it, you can just the slightest of movements tell you that oh you two are really comfortable being this close and that's mm-hmm. really good <laughs> and it feels yeah. amazing yes honestly sometimes i would take a really good hug like that over sex like that initial connection with a new person feeling that level of bond right off the bat oh my god it's overwhelming it's such a yeah. good feeling yeah, I mean, I think the idea is for sex to be like that hug. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's why I said sometimes, like, if it's just yeah. normal, you know, the act of sex, then it's it's not a, nearly as meaningful and emotion filled. So, yeah, you know, if you're if you're penetration pals with someone. Yeah, yeah, that was. I would give that genial. <laughs> oh, that's a callback to something that happened off air. Anyway, I would. <laughs> I would give that scene an A. I loved everything about it. I just. I would have loved to actually see a kiss. Of There's course. no real way you can. I don't yeah. think. I think they did yeah, it right. Yeah. But yeah, just as a. Just out of context, I'm like, yeah, it's not perfect, but it's damn close. Everything else is perfect. Fuck. The yeah. emotions that scene conjured up. Whew. Yeah. 100%. So, agreed. Um, I mean, before we get to the verdict, I just, you know, I think just another shout out to uh, a few more performances. I think Heather Graham is Tamara Taylor was pretty good. I thought that was a good casting yeah, choice. She's, I always, she did, she's always entertaining. And I thought she did that part well. You know, the whole, like, you know, namaste, like, yeah. all the <laughs> stuff, like, ruthless businesswoman as well. Yeah. Um, you know. Uh, and then, you know, I thought the lawyer that she had was solid because I didn't like him. Oh, he's he's creepy as fuck. He was, you know, he wasn't supposed to be liked and, and everything else like that. So I thought that that was kind of cool as well. So like, I just, there wasn't a performance in this movie. I didn't think was at least, you know, good. 
Yeah. I mean, that kind of goes along with the rest of the movie, right? Like everything was formed exactly how they were supposed to. Everything went up how it was supposed to. The stakes were very, (laughs) were much lower than they could have been, but that's okay because we didn't need high stakes. We just wanted to basically see, see that kiss scene. (laughs) Just like that scene is worth the entire price of admission. I would agree. Which is your monthly uh, your your monthly Netflix bill. subscription, Netflix, yeah, uh, which I I use my sister's, so I pay nothing. <laughs> um, shout out to Monica. Anyway, uh, so what's your verdict on this film? I'd fuck it. It's a it's worth watching once. Just you know, know what you're getting yourself into. It's not going to blow your socks off. It's nothing special, but it's also not horrible. It's it's like a watchable Hallmark movie is really what it is. Yeah. I agree with that. I I personally think it's a rewatchable Hallmark movie, so I will marry this one. Really? Uh, I've seen it twice. I will probably watch it again, you know, uh, at, at some point in time because that's just... Because I love David Wayne Jr. I, I, I adore Rachel Lee Cook, and I just feel like, you know, even though the stakes aren't that high, like, I just... I don't. I don't foresee a time in the future where that kiss scene won't make me swoon. Jesus, yeah. Um, Like seriously, that is that. Like the emotions in that scene, dude. We gotta add it. We gotta add it to the list with the Italian kiss. Yeah, it is on the. It is on the Italian kiss list there. And I there was one other one, wasn't there, that we added along with that? I, I think you did. I don't. I can't remember. I thought there was something we said that was up to par with the Italian kiss. I don't think it was another kiss. I think it was something else maybe, but. Oh, it was just, it was the smoldering between Wesley and Buttercup in Princess Bride at the beginning of that movie. Oh yeah. That was just the looks they were exchanging. Oh yeah. That's very true. Yeah. At the very beginning of that film, the eye fucking that they did to each other. God damn. Par there with we the Italian go. Kiss and this hug. So, yep. Yeah. So those are the, those are the three most sensual moments that we've <laughs> seen out of all the movies we've seen so far in this podcast. Those are in our um, our sensuality hall of fame. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, companies you know light up to sponsor that one. Uh, oh so, yeah. <laughs> Trojan. <laughs> yeah, the Trojan. <laughs> <laughs> the Trojan Sensuality Hall of Fame. Roman. Um, so um, you can catch our show on Instagram at Bromancing the Stone Podcast. All one word together, Bromancing the Stone Podcast. You can catch us on Twitter at Bro the Stone Pod. That's where you'll see my live tweets each week for these movies. Uh, there's no real set time for them, but you know, it's pretty much there just for the live tweeting for me. So uh, you can catch up, read them, enjoy them, um, so on and so forth. Uh, and then my Twitter is Supermarket Sweep without the E in super. So that's S-U-P-R, Market Sweep. And then on Instagram, I am Relusa88. So that's relusa a eight. And then Max. On Instagram, you can find me at the Lionhearted with a period, T-H-E period L-Y-O-N-H-E-A-R-T-E-D. And on Twitter, you can find me at the Lionhearted with an underscore, which is T A G underscore L Y O N H E A R T E D. Yes, indeed. And then Max, it's your choice for the next movie. Uh, so, you mentioned that you thought about it, and you'd actually made the decision before we recorded. Yeah. So, so this one, I'm thinking we continue this this Netflix theme we got going on. I kind of dig it. It's bringing okay. up some new movies that we haven't seen before. And so along the same lines, I also want to watch a movie I've never heard of. I've never seen. I know nothing about. I read about it, about it a little bit. Seems interesting. I thought it'd be a good excuse to introduce some new blood. So I'm going to yeah. go with Always Be My Maybe. Hey, another Netflix movie. So we're going to, yeah, we'll we'll keep the Netflix theme going. Uh, yeah, always be my baby. I've seen it, uh, and uh, more than yeah, once. Just once so okay. far. I'm in. I'm uh, excited to watch it again. 
Um, I did like it the first time I watched it. Uh, Recently? Uh, I saw it right around when it came out, like about a month after it came out. So sometime... Last year? Yeah. yeah. I believe it was sometime last year when it came out, so... Uh, uh, Pre-COVID. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, uh. But, <laughs> but yeah, um, so I, I am, I'm definitely intrigued to see it because like there's some things that I'm, I'm interested to see what you think of and also... Yeah, I'm just just interested to see how I feel about it. All right. Well, I'm so, glad I chose it then. All right. So, always be my maybe is next week's uh, movie. Um, I mean, at this point, we could fucking make this a Netflix month because I mean, all the movies we've seen so far have been on Netflix, technically. And there are and a shit ton of rom coms on there that aren't not, even Netflix too now. So, not necessarily Netflix made, but. You know, because Ghost of Girlfriend's Past wasn't, but it was on Netflix as we did. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I'll try to find something on Netflix for the week after. Um, yeah, I don't mind well, that, actually, that theme. It's a good time of the year to do it, too. Starting yeah. to get Coop back up inside, and well, more so than we already were. Yeah. Um, actually, wait. No, the Philadelphia story came out in October. Yeah, never mind. It's not necessarily Netflix month, but nonetheless, anyway. It's okay. Whatever. <laughs> you get what we're saying. Tens <laughs> of listeners. Um, so to the tens and tens of listeners, we love y'all and we thank you for listening. And we will catch you next week. Have a great week. Mm-hmm.